Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because special effects wizards Dragon Dronay and Chuck Skull have returned to talk about the fun and challenges of working on movie special effects. Both Chuck and Dragon boast impressive movie credentials in such films as The Planet of the Apes, The Scorpion King, Total Recall, Night Train, Conan the Barbarian, Eraser, and too many more to mention. Dragon is an expert in props, costumes, weapons, miniatures, stunts, martial arts, and swords, and uh, he'll probably let me know if I left something out. Among his accomplishments are doing the props for Total Recall and choreographing the guerrilla fight scenes in Tim Burton's The Planet of the Apes. And Chuck is known for his work in Night Train, Under Lock and Key, and Death Riders. Chuck Chuck also hosts some excellent shows on Blog Talk Radio, including Skull's World of Mayhem, World Talk Rock with Kat Vecchioni, uh, which he co-hosts, Chuck's Golden Age of Radio, which is my favorite, and Audiophile. Now, before bringing our guests on, I want everyone to know that we do have a chat room open, and I see that uh, Chuck has signed up for the chat, and Kat Vecchioni, his co-host for World Talk Rock Radio, is in in the chat room, but there's room for other listeners who would like to uh, sign in and uh, participate. And we really do appreciate the people who sign up for the chat, as well as all our other listeners. I think Chuck Skull has called in, and I know that Dragon is here. And because uh, Chuck is a co-host here on Blog Talk Radio and a host... Uh, as a professional courtesy, I'll bring him on first. Chuck, welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters. Uh, good to be back, Betty Joe. How you doing, darling? Well, I'm doing fine now that now that I uh, have you here because uh, I was worried. And I saw you in the <laughs> chat, but I didn't see your phone number. So I'm really, really glad that well, that it, you could be with could be with us. And uh, did I? Give the the right names of your shows. Can you can you take yep. a minute before we bring Dragon on to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about those shows and when they can hear them? Yeah, well, uh, World Talk Rock Report is Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern with Kat Vecchioni and myself, and then uh, 10 a.m. Saturdays is uh, Chuck Skull's Golden Age of Radio, uh, three hours of old time radio, everything from Jack Yay. Benny to the Shadow. And then uh, Monday mornings at 9 a.m., I do uh, Skull's World of Mayhem, which is mostly st- 
playing stand-up comedy. Uh, my roots back to the comedy store. Well, I am just—I really love your your show, especially the golden age of radio, and you know that. And I—I'm oh, yeah. um, just so impressed with the diversity of your of your shows, and and I'm also impressed with the diversity of Dragon's special effects um, work. Dragon, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us again. It's okay. How are you guys doing? Good to be here. <laughs> oh, well, we're we're so glad that you're back, and I have to let listeners know that you and you and Chuck go uh, way back. Um, you've worked together, and, and uh, I wonder, Dragon, how how did the two of you meet? Were you working together on a, a particular movie set? Uh, we were working on a video. Uh, it was for Aldo Nova. This is way back, and uh, Skull was both. Uh, he was both production and he was one of the characters in the video. He was the uh, the guy on, that was letting people on the ride uh, in the video, but he was also part of security and a bunch of other stuff. And um, I was there uh, with uh, my girlfriend. She was playing one of the characters in the video, and um, I ended up doing the same thing. And we met because I had a, uh, a Shania, a practice sword, with me there, and I was just flipping it and playing with it and, you know, basically doing katas because I was bored and uh, we were waiting. It always happens when you're, you know, between takes for stuff, you kind of wait for 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever. So, and uh, he walked up and introduced himself and uh, basically asked to see the weapon and the way he held out his hands and the way he asked said that he knew exactly what he was doing. So I handed it to him and then we realized <laughs> that we lived close enough to go and practice. So we got to go fight together. That's how yeah. it <laughs> In an ice cream wholesaler's parking lot, <laughs> surrounded by ice cream trucks. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, all the neighbors there, uh, they kind of had a cow. He was security at that place for his, for a day job, and a, or a night job, as we say. And um, so I showed up there uh, on my motorcycle with my gear strapped to my back, and we got dressed and went out and fought in the parking lot, because the, the owner said it was great. He's like, you guys go right ahead. And uh, so we went about it, and uh, the neighbors were all like, ooh, whoa, okay. And uh, needless to say, there's no issues. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, fun. So was that the only uh, project uh, that you worked on, that uh, video? Uh, Chuck, do you remember if you worked with any other, uh, with uh, Dragon on any other projects? Oh, we've done oh, a yeah. few together. Yeah, we did Cell Block Sisters. <laughs> yeah, Vanished Behind Oh, bars. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of my career was B-movies. You, you he called me. Now, mind you, I'm I'm working on Star Trek at the time. Uh, I was doing props and stuff, and I had a great boss, Paul Pearson. And uh, uh, so I'm there, and I get this call from Skull going, Dude, I need you to grab you and the three-wheeler and get your butt up here. And I'm like, where's up here? And he goes, Simi Valley, just get up here. I need you. Why? We're going to go steal a chick off of a, off of a bus. And we need to put her luggage on the bike. <laughs> I was like, okay. So there I go. Take it. I tell my boss. He starts laughing. Says, "Go ahead," because he knew Skull too. And he's like, "Just go right ahead." Because when you're an actor, you you hope if you do acting and stunts, you hopefully that your your regular day job, uh, if you're not doing it all the time, is is a place that's pretty cool. And I worked in a prop shop and. My boss knew I always went away for specialty stunts. I wasn't the guy that did, you know, 50 jumps out of a window. I did special things. 
And so whenever that call would come, he'd go, sure. Well, this time we were, we, it was driving stunts, basically. Skull and I had to chase this bus, and then uh, he charged under the bus, grabbed the girl, and took her off. But she's she's the we're, it's a it's what would they say it was a, she was the sister or the yeah she was the sister of the gang leader. So we weren't roughing her up. We were literally taking her off the bus and taking her to the to the leader of the gang. So um, <laughs> so it was fun. And uh, she had a ball. Everybody, everybody had a ball. But but Skull called me, and I drive up with the three wheeler, and people are just like, "What in the heck is that?" You know. And by the end of the day, all the all the Harley guys are just looking at it, going, "I don't know how you did that. That's so cool, though." You know. Because <laughs> it was backwards. Well, you two. <laughs> it was two well, wheels in the two, front, one uh, in the back. Yeah. Well, you two have the right names for uh, a, a, a team, a special effects team. I think uh, Dragon and Skull. <laughs> I think yeah, those those names. Names fit. I mean, that's that's really great. You, I, I wanted to thank you both for um, being on the show last year because the uh, episode where we talked together last year, as you will, as you know, but I'd like to mention this to the listeners, was very very popular. In fact, it ended up as uh, in the top ten of um, favorite uh, shows on Movie Attic headquarters during that twelve month uh, period, and of course. We we did we only scratched the surface. We uh, there was so much more to talk about, and I know that you've been involved in so much more since then. But I we did talk a little bit about uh, this on the show before, but it's uh, such an interesting area. I'd I'd like to ask you again um, to tell about what movies and our special effects experts inspired you to go into this field. So, Dragon, do you want to start on that? Um, sure. Okay. Uh, Ray Harryhausen uh, was one of the earliest influences that I had. Um, stop motion animation was the first thing I ever won an award for um, at the age of 10. Um, and it's because I was absolutely in love with what he did. I understood it. I, I, I had figured it out, and then um, I saw a special that they had on just that. And I don't even remember where I saw it, but it was something that they showed about animation in the world of Ray Harryhausen. And uh, it was like one of those behind-the-scenes things on how they made a movie, mm-hmm. and this was very rare. They didn't show those a lot back in the day, but every once in a while in a theater, if you were watching a B-movie, they would put one of these 10-minute shorts on. And mm-hmm. one of them was on the magic of Ray Harryhausen and Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. I think my <sighs> brain exploded. And then um, the guys who did all the effects for 2001 A Space Odyssey, that's my favorite film of all time. And um, it turns out that, that film... I actually saw the same day Tom Hanks saw it at the same place at the same time. It was kind of funny. Uh, but that film, the special effects, uh, those the masters of that kind of stuff blew my mind. And then I went back further, and I, and I looked at the Lidecker brothers, who were the guys who flew the airplane models in all the World War II movies with John Wayne and those guys, you know, mm-hmm. the Battle of the Pacific and those kind of things. These people were building models that were like 25 feet long, I restored the USS Kane for Planet Hollywood, and that was a 26-foot-long metal battleship model with moving turrets and working parts. And, you know, when you realize that these guys were making these things to actually, you know, they floated them. They they made them run on tracks or uh, they made them run remotely. You, you have to realize that these guys were, were making stuff that we build in the real world only a lot smaller. Those yeah, are people that inspired me. Yeah, uh, that type of stuff, the the detail work was what really inspired me. Um, Leonardo da Vinci was 
what I consider probably one of the first effects masters. Oh, um, no. You know, when you look at, at the stuff he built in his designs, he broke things down to the point of being able to rebuild them, you know, for a man to be able to build them instead of God. And when you build mm-hmm. models, you're literally building things that, you know, you build a skyscraper that's only six feet tall, but it looks like a little skyscraper. That is an yeah. amazing feat to do. And these are the things that I get to do and have been doing for years. And I started off, I found one of my first uh, model awards was like 1971 for winning a, a, for building a model kit and winning at a store. So, uh-huh. you know, I look at these things. My father was a shipbuilder. Him, the things that he built, uh, made they inspired me to go, oh, wow. I saw these things up close. I, I walked on battleships. I looked at, I was in the shipyard. I saw giant screws that were 25 feet tall, you know. Mm. So you look at the back of this and you realize, wow, this is big. And then I go home and I build a model of this ship and I'm holding that same propeller in my hand and it's only a half inch across. But I have a proportionate <laughs> idea of the actual scale, scale of it because I've just seen the real thing. Well, Those are the inspirations. You- didn't you, um, when you were very young, I, I think you mentioned when we talked last time, when when you were about 10 years old, didn't you win a, a scholarship uh, to yeah. uh, to an art school because of some of the work that, that you were doing? Do I have that correct? Yes. I was I had a teacher put me in for a scholarship. I, I went to a, a, rural, a rural school, and um, the teacher kept looking at my artwork because I was doing things that was three and four grades ahead of the kids in the class. Um, I was doing sculptures and I was, you know, throwing pottery and doing things that were not at the grade level of what I was at. And um, she put my work in, and the school had a 360-person waiting list at the time, and I was the first person to go past that waiting list. I was immediately drafted, as my friend would say. Um, and um, I won a scholarship to the Renaissance School of Art. And at that time, that was like kind of unheard of. And um, wow, I won. That was so where you... I won the. Yeah, that was where I won the award for stop motion animation. That was the first time I ever seen a film class, um, where <laughs> I where the the schools I was in didn't have classes like that. We barely had art classes. <laughs> but oh gosh, cool congratulations cool on that! And and I'm so glad you mentioned. Um, Ray uh, Harry House and I. Uh, I wanted to bring Chuck in on this because I, if I remember right, you you had uh, admiration for Ray Harryhausen's uh, work. The reason uh, I'm interested in is because uh, my mind got blown by uh, Jason. Uh, was it Jason, Jason and the Argonauts? With that skeleton I have, fight. I'm standing. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a skeleton, a Ray Harryhausen skeleton, right now. The one of the angry skeletons. Uh, a, a gift from a friend of mine years ago. They had scanned the real thing at Ray's house. They took a, a scanner, and he knew how much of a big fan I was, and he gave me a copy of this thing, which I have cherished ever since. Wow. Uh, I only have one. I've never copied it. There's, there's kind of an unwritten rule as a model builder and maker of things when we have the ability to copy anything in the world. You know, I have molds and stuff. Now anybody can just scan stuff and copy it. But part of the, the creed of what we do is when someone gifts you with something like that, you don't mold it. You don't copy it off. You don't put copies of it out there. No, so no, I, it's I, treasure. I only have it's, one. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> it's just no, here. It's I'm looking treasure. at it. Yeah, it's like, oh gosh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, sitting across well, the room from me right now on top of my DVD player is a Terminator skull that Dragon gave me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yep, still got it, huh? Oh yeah. Well, well, 
Well, Chuck, what do you have a uh, inspiration in the field of uh, special effects that kind of well, um, motivated you? It was Ray you? Harryhausen. It was Ray Harryhausen. It was. That got me into it. Uh, he got me reading film credits because I'm like, who the hell did that and how'd they do it? Yeah. <laughs> Willis O'Brien. Willis yep. O'Brien, man. The Lidecker brothers. Okay. The Lideckers, they were the guys who flew airplanes all over the place in movies. Yeah. Um, Derek yeah. Meddings. Derek Meddings and his whole crew from, from all the British space movies. Doppelganger. Uh, uh, Journey around the center of the sun. Journey to the far side of the sun. Um, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Like I said, uh, those... You know, and Skull, you, I mean, you, you, you're a historian on that kind of stuff, too. Who are your favorites, man? Well, it, it's like O'Brien, who who was uh, Harryhausen's mentor. You yep. know, and O'Brien, that's Kong. I mean, you don't have to say more than that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Period. No, I do like... That uh, Yeah. You know, so, some of the FX makeup people are phenomenal. The, the crew from the original Planet of the Apes were... Yeah, decades, uh, uh, light years uh, ahead of the others. Oh my God, there was uh, there was some amazing people. I actually met um, John Chambers, who was one of the uh, makeup crew for the original Planet of the Apes. He ran that. He's also the John Chambers is the inspiration for the uh, for the uh, um, one of the characters in the movie Fargo. The John Goodman character is yeah. supposed to be John Chambers. For those who don't know. <laughs> The John Cham- the, the John Goodman character who basically pulls off the makeup magic is actually based exactly on John Chambers down to the limp. Wow. Okay. And you mentioned yeah. Kong. You're, you're talking about the the first King Kong. Of course. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the only one. Yeah. His <laughs> the only one for you. <laughs> I, I like the 2000. I like I like the the one with uh, Jack Black, but. Uh, that maybe yeah. that's um, um, in the in the minority, but well, you know, um, you've you've just done so much, and we and I want to tell listeners that if um, if they would like to hear the your our first conversation, be sure to uh, check out the archives. But I'm real eager uh, to turn now to some of the new things that you're that you're doing. So, uh, Dragon. What what have been your most enjoyable special effects experiences so far this past year since since we talked last? Well, um, geez, okay, it's been an an oddball year of strange stuff. Uh, I did an episode of Heroes of Cosplay, which isn't so much special effects as something that goes back a ways with what I've been doing. Besides doing effects and stuff, I go to colleges and I go to schools and I talk with kids all over the country. Um, wherever conventions mm-hmm. I'm going to, they usually have me do a college or a school. And um, so I talk to kids and tell them, hey, you know, you can do this. Well, several years back, I talked to a kid. Um, I talked to a group of people at a at a, a college in Oregon. And this young man w- was dragged there by his friend, did not have any desire to go. His name was Jesse Lagers. And he's uh, he he went... After two hours of the lecture, he came up and talked to me afterwards. And I remember his face. I don't remember all the conversation, but I remember his face. And him just having this smile on his face. Well, he went back to start building. And now he's one of the stars of the TV show Heroes of Cosplay. Well, they called me and asked me to talk with him. He asked if he could meet me again after all these years. So I did. And they met us at, I was giving a lecture at Stan Lee's Kamikaze Convention on archery 
uh, in the movies with some friends of mine I had been invited to, to do the lecture with. And um, when we finished, they brought him, in, brought him to meet me, and then I took him back up to my, to my little shop up at my house. And we ended up doing a talk there. Well, it aired, and it went big. And I've been, it's funny because I got, I've been recognized at airports at the, at, I got recognized by a young girl at the local food store and another one at the oh. office depot was working there. Um, everywhere I've been going, I, somebody goes, I saw you on Heroes of Cox play, you know, and I'm like, I had no idea how big it was, <laughs> but cause I don't watch TV. I don't, I don't have much TV. I usually watch movies and stuff, but I, I just, I'm too busy to watch television much. Because I literally, I'm building stuff while everybody else is watching the shows. But yeah, right. uh, she she had seen me on that, and that was uh, that was cool. And now it looks like I'm going to be doing. Uh, it's possible that I may end up be doing a, doing another series. I did a I did a series called Kill Phil on uh, on YouTube that was done by uh, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the channel. Anyway, I did YouTube. I did a, a series called Kill Phil. If you type in Kill Phil and Dragon Drone A. Uh, there's three episodes that I did. Well, that inspired someone else to come and talk with me about doing another TV series that's just pretty much because Kill Phil's done. Uh, that's very similar to it, but building other cool stuff. And I said, "Yeah, we're talking." Uh, so that that looks like that's actually probably going to happen. Um, I just did a I just did another thing or did a photo shoot, and I'm collaborating with someone right now and doing a storybook with real photos using some of the things that I have. Um, let's see what else. Um, oh, my God. It's just been one thing after another. I just built, built a giant chair uh, for Dragon Age, the video game. I built their Dragon Age throne, uh, the Skyhold throne. It's eight feet tall, which they premiered at Comic-Con and will now be in Sony's main office uh, in San Francisco after it finishes touring around the country. And so I'm building wow. another one right now that's six feet tall. But the eight-footer, if you guys want to see pictures of it, you go to uh, my Facebook page, Dragon Drone. The last name is D-R-O-N-E-T. If you go to my Facebook page, there are pictures of the throne and pictures of it from Comic-Con. Um, my Facebook page is, is child-friendly. Uh, I don't have any cursing or stupid stuff on there. So uh, right now I'm showing pictures from the from the uh, Batman from the Batman Museum, from the Warner Brothers Museum. Uh, I just recently went there, and um, they they had never allowed photographs until recently in the museum. So I posted those on my on my Facebook page too as well. Oh, um, thank you for thank you for doing that. And you also have uh, have uh, been working on on books. I know that you mentioned uh, last year that you were going to do a book. So what's the progress on that now? All right, one of them is written, uh, one is completed, one is in the process of being edited right now. Um, one of them is about a year in the life on Planet of the Apes, uh, Artificial Intelligence, and um, Scorpion King all wrapped up into one because those all happened to me in one year. And it deals with uh, what you go through as an actor from the inside. It's like I both, you know, I was working on the props and stuff for the movie AI and uh I I started out I had a, I had auditioned for Planet of the Apes in June of 2000 and um passed two auditions and then didn't hear anything for a while and then they came, brought me in to make a to put a suit but while I'm doing that I have other day jobs right you're not just sitting around the living room you know so I ended up working on artificial intelligence at the same time with Master Terry English and then I ended up working on Planet of the Apes 
starting some of the props uh, for it, and then I went to set on AI, on artificial intelligence, and then I ended up on apes. So it's like this big roller coaster, and uh, it's a pretty basic book on what it, what you go through as the experience. Uh, the few people that have read it so far just looked at me and go, wow, um, it's an amazing thing that happens, and especially when you're on a stunt-heavy heavy film and you have extreme weather conditions. These are the things that I talk about uh, through it, and, you know, somehow, you know, and some of the stuff where people were rubbing each other raw. I mean, it's not a tell-all book of, you know, this person was mean or all that. None of that. It is the experience of living through three movies in one year. Oh, that should be so interesting. Now, it's not available to purchase yet? Not yet. Um, um, It will be coming out through uh, Sky Warrior Books. And when that happens, I'm going to definitely let you guys know. I will come back on your show, Betty Jo, because I like you a whole lot. Oh, Uh, yay. And uh, I will come back on your show. Chuck, you you heard him say say that he will do that. So we'll make make sure that we we get back together when that that book is done. Well, I I keep going back to your, your... Go ahead, Chuck. I'm just curious how they're going to publish a book in crayon. I know, man. <laughs> it's going to have to be oh. color Xerox really hard. And I Only have, a good I have, friend. I have some seven-year-olds rewriting it for me in pencil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they know each other, folks. You can tell by the way they're talking. Uh, well, I want to go, ba- I want to go back to your We've each other over the head too many times get mad <laughs> yeah, now we're brothers from another mother we we've gone through exactly. we walked through the exactly. riots together yeah you know we rode through the la riots together and yep. uh and we've we've had each other's back at, at, you know at several times when we could have taken a bullet for each other you know we bounced yep. together in hollywood clubs you know and we, we ran security skull was ahead of a lot of security so you got to know we've gone oh through gosh. fire together yeah yes, I, you have and and when, you really when are in LA and, and wasn't finding work. I, I was okay, Dragon. I need a bouncer at this bar. I need another bouncer at that bar because I was running yeah. all the clubs in Hollywood. <laughs> and I had friends. I had friends that were they're martial artists. They're they're not big dumb guys. They're big smart guys. And you know, and Skull would keep me working when I was between gigs, and I would keep him with guys. You know, we he doesn't want stupid people when you when you run security. That's the last thing you need. And he knew that all my guys are martial artists and they're sharp. You know, and I always knew Skull ran a tight crew. I didn't have to worry about us walking into something stupid. You know, that's oh, what the, that's, that's the trust. That's the trust between two brothers. Okay. Yeah. That's ex- that's exactly right. Well, I wanted to go back to your diversity again, uh, Dragon, because I'm so impressed with it. And I was, I, I know that you that you've done so much with props. I was looking at some of the movies of the Net. Alien Resurrection, Batman Returns, Eraser, Babylon 5, RoboCop 2, and then you've done uh, so much in terms of costumes also, yeah. and armor, and and weapons. What's um, what's your? Do you have a favorite area that you that you like more than others in doing these uh, special effects? Do you enjoy doing the props more or the uh, costumes or the armor or the weapons or the models? Right now, I'll tell you, uh, I'm doing so much. We just did a costume for EverQuest Next, is what they call it. It's a character called Feriona. My wife did all the leather work and stuff, and I helped her figure out the logistic problems. Like they have, you know, basically bras that stand up by themselves, that kind of stuff. 
you know, magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I help my wife make the magic parts of those things work. And she does this incredible work. As a, she's just one of the best, uh, one of the best solar seamstress I've ever seen. She's a designer, and she can make everything from the ground up. She does what I do with cloth and fabric and leather. You know, and she's not she's not unhandy with some bondo either. She knows what she's doing as far as she's run model crews and she's she's just one of the best. But we work together and stuff. And what I recently did with her was the the uh, the actual suit comes with a bow, so it's a fantasy bow. It's not supposed to work. Well, I made it work. And now there's a friend of mine, Tim Case, is going to put an a uh, an article out on me and the bow within the next month. We have one last finished project on the bow. I'm making another bow that shoots correctly, not like the fantasy one does. But we fired the fantasy one, and you, you'll see the we're going to do both video, and we're putting out the article. So the article will be, will be in the Bow Hunter magazine, but then there will be a video tie-in uh, on YouTube right. as well. And um, so we did all these costumes for this girl. We're doing stuff for um, a lot of stuff for Sony and EA games. Like I said, this has been a big deal for us. Um, video game stuff has been really going along pretty good. They have become uh, one of the things that you can count on for costuming-wise as far as beautiful stuff. They want the best quality. Um, And then uh, I've been designing weapons for uh, some people right now for another another series. I just got a science fiction series, which I cannot talk about yet, but that's in the pipeline right now that I'm working on. and it's a lot of special effects laden stuff. There's a, a Star a Star Trek uh independent film called Star Trek Renegades, which I was heavily involved with and still am and uh uh Tim Russ was the director on it and Walter Koenig is in it and a lot of old Star Trek alumni. Um I was involved in that uh heavily by by circumstance. I was called to do one small thing and I knew some of the people and then I got there and I knew a lot of the people and they were in trouble for a minute so I ended up uh, with me and a small crew building a costume overnight and then putting one of my stuntmen in it. And basically, uh, he saved the day and it got him his first his first Los Angeles gig because he was just visiting me from Denver. <laughs> oh, well, good for yeah, you. He was just yeah. visiting, literally just visiting, and he ended up in a movie. So he's here now living in L.A. and working with me. He's going to be in my TV show. Um, I'm getting ready to do wow. collaborations with with a uh, photographic artist who is quite well known. Um, I just did a photo shoot with her, and we decided we're going to do some more stuff together. And I just saw the photos. I will, when, it, when all of this happens, you guys are going to know, trust me. Uh, Skull's going to be right on the pulse of this, and, and when this all happens, you'll know. But we're doing. Oh, good. Well, we I'm can hardly of, hardly wait. And and you've got a number of fans in the in the chat room. And um, oh. I'll be in trouble if I don't mention one of one of the things that's been mentioned in the chat room. Uh, you've been doing some work um, with uh, True Blood, uh, the yes. TV series. Can you tell us what you what you're doing on that? And I before you do that, I do want to recognize. Um, we've already mentioned that Cat Vecchioni is there, my fellow yeah, Wacko. Awesome. She's yeah, there. She's... Wacko, Wacko Bob is there, and um, <laughs> Mika Kalij. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. And um, Chuck is still in there. And Comedy Concepts. That's uh, that's Nancy somebody Lombardo. that. Um, yeah, Nancy Lombardo. And in fact, uh, let's take a just a couple of minutes for a message from uh, Nancy Lombardo. 
Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny! <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy, for that great promo. And, dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very funny comedy, comedy concept show right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. And another entertaining show you should check out is the Mom and Pop Shop radio show hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. It also airs on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, there are too many of those shows to mention, but rest assured there's something for everyone. Okay, back now to Dragon. So... Um, we want, yeah, we wanted you to to talk a, a little bit more about your uh, your special effects work. Well, um, I've been pretty fortunate with some of the things I've done. Um, I did. Well, I just asked about True Blood. Um, for True Blood, um, I've done a lot of work on True Blood, having fun. Um, I did props and models, uh, props and models, props and costume parts for them uh, from the Viking stuff uh, that Eric and those guys were wearing. Uh, my wife did a lot of the clothing. Um, she did stuff for Sookie. She did Sookie's beautiful leather outfit for when she's in the uh, the werewolf bar, the super tight outfit. Wanda did that. She did all of the Viking clothing, and we all did it, actually, because she was sewing it. We were hand-sewing literally beads and, and shells and things. Um, I provided a, a ton of the weapons for them, Eric's Viking sword, the shield, um, uh, a number of things for the show. My wife designed jewelry for the show, the Lilith pins that you see. Um, I was the Ooh. one that did all the True Blood. I did True Blood earrings and belt buckles for the cast and crew. And then I played a vampire uh, in uh, episode one of 2009. My name, my character's name was Orgo. Um, yeah. I was one of the Dallas 12. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're the ones that, that... I was in actually two episodes because I was in the church when we go and steal back Eric, who has been silvered and held against his will, um, I'm I'm uh, one of the vampires in the church, and then again at the house when the house explodes, um, I'm in there with Eric and them, and I'm actually the reason Eric doesn't die because I'm standing in front of him when it blows up. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> but, so you're uh, getting, you get into the acting business too. I've been doing that for my whole career. I started off making props and being an actor. What happens a lot of times is is I did a commercial with, with uh, Scott Free uh, Productions, and it was the world's world's most expensive commercial at the time. And it was called um, it was Capitalia, like the cap, Capital One, but it was the Italian version. And this, the mm -hmm. name of the of the commercial is called The Last War. It'll actually pop up. You can watch it. And I did five days on that commercial. It's like it's like a minute long commercial. I did five days. At one point, I had I had uh, snakes wrapped around my head. Um, I walked next to a Bengal tiger. They they just took a million shots and decided what they wanted to cut it into when they were done. But um, that video came to me because they wanted to rent, uh, they wanted to rent weapons and shields and stuff from me, and they took pictures of me holding everything, 
And then they took pictures. I'm standing in my regular clothes. My regular clothes have a martial arts influence to them. And so, uh, but they're my own design. Usually that are my wife's design. And so what happened was I go to the commercial. I go, I get called into the office. And I was told to bring this particular sword that I was seen holding in it. And um, I come in, and uh, Tony Scott was the guy directing it, I believe. And um, they go and. And he comes out walking with this sword and goes, this sword, this weighs a ton. This thing's all unbalanced. And I said, well, sir, I said, that's because it's not correct. I said, this is a real sword. And I put my sword out on one finger, balanced. And it just teetered back and forth like a teeter-totter. And it just sat there on my finger. He looks at me and he goes, okay. He goes, I'm hiring you. If I hire you, do you come with the sword? And I go, sure, sword's free. You hire me, it comes with the sword. And he goes, Okay. <laughs> Because you're in. So I ended up being a principal in the commercial. I didn't rent them anything. I ended up being a principal. I made more money as the principal than I did renting. And the funny part about it was the designer ended up stealing the design for the clothes from my clothing. Because that's all he liked. They ended up not going oh with so much God. armor. They they loved the cut of my clothes. So she traded me. She gave me a whole bunch of materials. Basically, I got five sets of the clothes. Because it looked like what I wore anyway. Okay, but it was like really expensive <laughs> oh Italian materials. Okay, she's really expensive material. I still have the stuff. I still wear it. But she she gave me five sets of the clothes and a bunch of Swiss Army helmets that were just going to be put back into storage and used whenever. And she gave me a bunch of stuff from it. And she's like, "Here, um, we're not ever going to use this stuff. We bought it for the commercial. Take whatever you want." And that was basically how she cleared up using my design for my clothes. But well, you know, that's great. I so one thing leads to another, that and and that's why you're you're so talented in doing in all of these areas. And then you've got a wife that's helping helping in that area too. So it's well, how sweet it yeah. is, right? When when I did the Star Wars commercial uh, for, uh, for for Lucas Arts, I played Darth Malgus. Um, I shaved my head, looked just like Skull. I even got painted white, <laughs> so I looked just like Skull. Oh. <laughs> what happened was. Um, Sith Lords are all gray and everything. And the thing is, my my skin coloring, when you're doing zombies, believe it or not, it's easier to do it on someone who's brown because of the skin tones are already there, what you need. And uh, so they at first they were looking at me going, well, I don't know. And, and then my wife pointed out, look, here's this, here's this. I look just like the guy. And everybody said the same thing. So I ended up shaving my head. I got these contact lenses that are like, they're the Sith contact lenses, the same ones Ray Park wears. And um, they did me as the character and what happened was we built the costumes we made all the gear we just i helped design some of this stuff um to fit correctly for what we were doing and then because i was here and we had to make everybody else was generic but the sith lord the bad guy had to be exact because they had the suit had to fit exact so my wife built it around me and i'm also a swordsman and the guy who ran this job saw me came to our shop looked at my motorcycle and saw all the samurai stuff all over my motorcycle because yes it's covered in samurai stuff uh, and he goes, you're the real stuff. And he's watching me and my students, one of my students, fight in the parking lot with lightsabers. And he goes, that's it. You're my guy. So uh, my wife basically had to fight the New York production and keep pointing out, no, he's the guy. No, he's the guy. And finally, the head of production goes, look, that's the guy. So when we get to New York, the guy who ran the entire LucasArts job, uh, um, he walked up to me after seeing the first time I performed uh, without makeup but with full gear. And he watched, and he looked at me, and then later on he walked up to me again after my first performance on the street, and he said, you are the official Darth Malgus. He says, if we do any of the commercials or anything else with Malgus, you're it. 
and he's run this project for five years. Rob Cowell was his name, awesome cat. And um, he shook my hand and said, it's amazing. And they were amazed with the work that we did. But the thing about that is I had a, a good crew of kids that worked real hard, and my wife coordinated the crap out of this. It would not have happened without her making it happen. And she's the reason why I also got to be that character, because she pushed to make sure that they saw my skills. So oh, you can be I the best guy that. in the world. I, I yeah. just think that is such a great story. And, Dragon, do you know uh, we didn't have enough time today either, so so you are going to have to come back. Uh, Chuck, you, Chuck, <laughs> wow. you too, but I, I'm so sorry, sorry, sorry to say yeah, our, time, our time is almost up. So I want to thank you, Dragon and Chuck, for being such terrific guests again today. It's such a treat to talk with you both. But this is Betty Jo well, like Tucker said, giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their wonderful support. Special thanks for Nikki, who couldn't be here today, but she uh, definitely is here in spirit for everything she does to make Movie Addict Headquarters happen. And we hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time, dear listeners, for our annual October tribute to the Rocky Horror Picture Show featuring Barry Bostwick, who reveals fascinating behind-the-scenes information about his experiences while filming this cult classic. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our movie reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. To get us in the mood for next week's Rocky Horror Picture Show episode, let's go out doing... You guessed it, the time warp again. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control.
Fevende. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.